0: Welcome to the Vol Bros. My name is Evan, this is my brother Rustin, and we are two Vol Bros who are actually bros in real life. Uh, Kind of a somber Sunday around the East Tennessee area right now. Um, I'm very excited about tonight though because the comments are already hopping (laughs) and I love when y'all talk to us. That's fantastic. Uh, As you all know, we always do three segments uh, for our um, post-game show. We talk about you know, our main takeaways from the game, uh, who we would consider the player of the game, and who would what would be our play of the game, and so we want to hear y'all's as well. We're going to start off with our main takeaways. Uh, we already got some coming through. Uh, Zach said, Zach commented five hours ago, that's what I'm talking about, Zach. You're the man. Uh, he said, I know this five hours away, Evan. This is all your fault, <laughs> it is my fault. That is accurate. Yes, I, I will 100% take the blame for this. Uh, Zach is now at a party, apparently a Dolphins-Eagles watch party. So Zach, tell everybody at the party that Valbroz welcomes them as well. Uh, let's see, Oreo Puppy Dog said, "Roll, refs, roll." <laughs> we will discuss that as well tonight. Uh, Oreo Puppy Dog said, um, "Oh, Mr. Jones is with us. I'm so glad you're with us, Mr. Jones. I'm so glad. Uh, I want to hear your take on this evening." <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, so Oreo puppy dog brought up some, some interesting points here that I'm going to go ahead and star and we'll come back to those because he actually is going to mention some things that I mentioned. I'm going to mention as well. Tony, welcome, Tony. Great to have you with us. He said, enjoy the show guys. i like coach Heupel, but he has to punt the dang ball in first and first two fourth down plays. What do y'all think? That is a fantastic, uh, point, And we will most certainly talk about that as well. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, Rebecca, (laughs) Uh, Rebecca said she's here for the therapy. Rebecca, we're glad you're here too. I actually have a surprise segment planned for this evening that Rustin doesn't know about yet. Uh, I've got, uh, a a fun little surprise. We're going to have a little fun tonight on one particular segment. So, uh, I think everyone will enjoy that one as well. Uh, Robert said, we can't win when the refs are totally against you. That's, that's true, but, um, I'll I'll give my opinion on that in just a moment as well. Uh of course my opinion doesn't really matter. It's my show, it's our show though. So I can say, you know, whatever I think, I guess. <laughs> um, but uh my opinion really doesn't matter. Um oh man, we got a lot of a lot of comments coming through. So Rustin, I'll tell you what. Let's hear your take. Then I'm gonna give my take, and then we're gonna start going through these comments and uh and then we'll go after that we'll move on to our, our player and plays and stuff. So what did you take away from that game, Rustin?
1: Whew. Um, so I thought we did a really good job in the first half of mixing things up, showing a lot of different looks. Um, I think I counted five different formations and plays in the first half that we've never shown yet this year. Um, so I thought that was, I thought that was very positive. Um, <clears throat> Whew. Um, I I don't want this to sound negative toward Josh Heupel, um, but in the second half he coached like he was still in the Big Twelve, and and he's got to come to a realization that this is the Southeastern Conference. You punt and you live to play another day, especially when your punter is an absolute weapon, and you know you you don't give good teams short field. You take in the first half we did this, we punted when we needed to. We, we took, we took points when we, when we had the opportunity. Um, He he I think he learned a valuable lesson yesterday. You, you don't, you don't gamble in the SEC until you absolutely have to. And um, I think that's fair when you, when you, yeah. Um, Kudos to Alabama. Um, they did a really good job stuffing the box, um, which is why there were so many designed runs for quarterback. Um, they completely eliminated our three running backs. Our three running backs had 15 more yards rushing than Joe Milton did. Um, combine the three combine. of them. combined. Right. The three of them had 74 yards. Joe Milton had 59. Um, so, you know, kudos to Alabama. They, they made a determination that, um, you know, they were going to make Joe Milton beat them with his legs and, you know, we took it. That was what they gave us. So we took it. We ran a lot of design quarterback runs. Um, you know, you just can't, you can't be overly aggressive in the sec. It's just not, it, it, it's not, it's not what championship teams do. Championship teams punt, flip the field give their defense a good opportunity and live, live, fight another day. And I I think he learned a hard, I think he learned the hard way that against teams like Alabama, Georgia, you know, potential playoff teams down the road, you can't make those decisions. I think that's very fair. Uh, So one of the things that I was going to take away
0: uh, and mention was, um oreo puppy dog kind of mentioned this in his comment earlier he said fair catch my butt r.i.d should be trying to get this investigated i watch a couple other games and those extremely late flags were thrown it's all rigged is it all rigged to make money <laughs> uh well if, if you're playing in iowa potentially because <laughs> their whole football team was was betting on their own games uh not the whole football team i shouldn't say that but quite a few of them were betting on their own games um i i immediately like like 20 seconds after it happened, I texted Rustin and her dad during the game, and I said, I don't understand why we had to take the ball in the four-yard line. Uh, so if you know the answer to that, uh, please let us know. Rustin, you might know. I don't know. But um, it on a, on a kickoff, if you fair catch the ball, then you get the ball just like you would on a touchback. Like you, you don't take it on the four wherever you caught it. Um, if If it's within the 10-yard line, you take it, on the 20 or 25, whatever it is. So it's just like a, it's just like a touchback I, to this, yep. to this point. I still don't understand why, if, if anybody has a link to the rules where that is
1: explained why in the world they had to take the ball on the four yard line, please put that in the comments. I would love to see that. I've, I've looked it up at every, every angle imaginable and, and cannot find a rationale for what they did. Um, you know, bare minimum, it should have been on the 14. He got it out to the 24 when he got tackled. You know, one option would have been if you try to return a, if you try to return a kick after signaling fair catch, it's a 10 yard penalty. So, you know, he got to the 24. So bare minimum, it should be on the 14. Um, But every, nobody threw a flag. So every, every rule I read in every possible direction said ball should have been on the 25 and, and I, and what's crazy is this actually happened, um, not only in the Iowa game, but it actually happened in, I can't remember. Um, I believe it was USC, Utah later in the, later in the evening after the Tennessee game, it happened again. Um, another guy signaled fair catch. Another guy tried to return it and they called it back, but they put it on the 25. Um, Yeah. Operating from the four and operating from the 25 are very
0: different scenarios. Yeah. And so Hmm. to this point, I still do not understand why that was, uh, ruled the way it was. Uh, so if you have a link to those rules, please put that in the comments. So all of us, all of us can
1: find out, uh, what it is. Um, the rule also says that the arm has to be above 90 degrees of the shoulder. So this motion, which, which it was not, is not a fair catch call. Yeah, for
0: sure. Uh, Mr. Jones said the fair catcher should have to call the fair catch, not another player. I totally True. agree. Yeah. Uh, I 100% agree with that. 100% agree. Um, now, another thing that I took away from, from yesterday was a lot of people were saying And, you know, listen, you got, you got to get points when you're on the road, especially touchdowns. If you're within striking distance, you got to score. Everybody gets that. Um, Momentum's a real thing. Uh, That was one thing that, so Josh Mancuso and and Todd Blackledge have a podcast called Man, Man and Black, Mancuso and Blackledge. And Todd Blackledge on the podcast was talking about momentum. And he said, it's a real thing. Like, it's a real thing in football. Well, in that first quarter, side note, when have we ever doubled the time of possession of the other team in a quarter? Uh, We more than doubled their time of possession. That was incredible. Um, So we were marching the ball right down the field again. Um, We throw a pass. It's dropped by Dante Thornton on the the three-yard line. Uh, we, if that had been caught, we got it first and goal from the three, um, with all the momentum on our side, we can hurry up to the line, maybe catch them off guard for their set, which we did see him run tempo yesterday. Some too, which was really nice to see. Um, you know, that, that was a, it was a momentum killer. Uh, Joe was nine for nine at the time, should have been 10 for 10. Um, so that was, that was really unfortunate that that happened. Um, but what, another thing I don't understand is, is people who are saying, oh, we should, we should have gone for it and tried to get seven points instead of kicking in the field goal. Well, wait a second. You can't say that and also say we should not have gone for it on the over two fourth down tries we tried later on. Um, if we didn't do well on those, which side note, why in the world? And Rustin mentioned this during the game, he texted us and what on the second one, we, we bring everyone in and bunch everyone in, in almost inside the tackle box. I mean, there was no denying what we were about to do. If you're going to do that, at least do like, like, you know, Joe takes a step forward acting like he's going to run and throws a jump pass to McAllen Castles over the line or something. I don't know. Um, do something other than what it clearly looks like you're going to do, you know? And so that was doomed from the start, that play. That, that was never going to convert. But if we didn't convert those two, then I don't know why we would think we would convert the other ones uh, down near the goal line. Uh, so I agree with Hypel's decision to kick the field goals in the first quarter. You're on the road in Tuscaloosa, get points, get the lead. Um, the two fourth down attempts later on, uh, not, not, not really confident with those. Um, the one that the, actually, if you wanted to go back, go back and watch the last punt of the game. We, uh I think there's six minutes left, I think, and it was fourth and like seven or something like that. And we were down by 14. Well, one of the things of, of, one of the benefits of having a rugby style punter is that it buys you time. And as your team runs down the field, he's still looking up the field and he can see running lanes if they're available. Well, I'm telling you what he could have taken off on that. Go back and watch it. It, The the view is from behind him. He could have taken off and run for 20 yards. If he wanted to straight up the middle of the field, because all the Bama players, two of them were past him already. And all the rest of them had their backs to him, sprinting down the other way, the length of the field. He could, he could easily had a first down and that's when you really needed it the most. So, um, I wish we had punted, uh, those, those other two times, but if some butts were candy nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. Uh, that's what our dad always used to tell us. <coughs> so those three things, and I've, I'm going to save the rest of my, my takeaways for my player of the game and my play of the game, uh, because the, I can t- talk about those then. But I'm going to say this very clearly for all the people, because I'm gonna the next segment is my surprise for Rustin and i'm going to i'm just telling you right now i'm going to trim this out and put it on our channel tomorrow this one segment as a standalone video because i'm like really excited about it so um i'm going to say this now before we start this segment referees cannot make up a 27 point run by a team bottom line alabama came out and put it on us, smacked us in the mouth in the second half, bottom line. Uh, Referees cannot make up 27 points unanswered. Can't do it. However, no one watching that game could ignore the fact that the officiating did have an outcome on the game. So with that being said, Rustin, I present to you our new segment it's time to play what's a penalty <laughs> yeah baby
1: <laughs> are we sending this to the home office
0: uh, we should
1: it's it's uh, at cc officiating on twitter
0: yeah so rustin our new game here what's a penalty Rustin, I'm going to show you five (laughs) sets of images. Now, just so you know, if you get this this one question at the end of these five images, I'm going to ask you, according to SEC officials, professional officials, trained by the greatest conference in the land. Trained is a loose term. (laughs) I'm going to show you these images. And at the end of these five, I would like for you to tell me how many images were actually called penalties or or actually are penalties based on SEC officials, their determination of the rules. Okay. So kind of a, some of them are going to be tricky, Rustin. I'm not kidding. Okay. Uh, So if you get all of them correctly, you win $5,000 from our sponsor. Me? (laughs) Well, we don't have one yet, but if if, when we get one, uh, you will get $5,000 from them if you answer this correctly. Okay. Slide, slide number one. Hang on. I actually, this is the last slide. Let me go back and I'm going to put it so you can't see them all. All right. Here's slide one. All right. First one. Now, Rustin, some people could claim that the the gentleman in crimson is holding onto the gentleman in white. Some people could claim that he might just give him a nice hug because he likes him. Okay. Uh, but it looks like maybe his left hand, this is a simultaneous image, by the way, two different angles. It might be that his left hand is holding onto the back of his shoulder pads. Maybe can't tell for sure here, Uh, it might be that his right arm is wrapped around his neck. So this is number one. Looks like it could be a holding call. Maybe not the official, the official will determine. And here's the thing, Rustin, you got to remember the head referee on that image on the right is standing five yards from it. That is correct. He's about five yards away off the screen on the left. And so clearly he's got a great angle on this, Rustin. Uh, so that's option one. Okay, that's 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 no, that's first option. The second image. The gentleman in the top of the screen, who seems to be giving a nice bear hug to the the, the receiver running, that's squirrel white running the route. It looks like his arm is wrapped around him before the ball got to him. So this is the second one. Here's the third one. Now it does seem as though potentially Tyler Baron's jersey is being pulled or tugged just a, just a smidge. Uh, so, I, a matter of fact, I think I can see the ties on the middle of his shoulder pads through the hole in the shirt there. Um, but but it could
1: be holding; it might not be. We it, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, I actually I actually don't think that one's a hold, but okay. <laughs> And now this one, it kind of looks like they've moved
0: Dylan Sampson's whole helmet to the left a little bit uh, by the face mask area. Uh, maybe a face mask. We'll have to wait and see what the SEC officials, that because they're the experts, they know. Uh, and then this last one is actually a little video clip that's four seconds long. Now it looks like there, I'll play it one more time. It looks like, so when I was an, a kid growing up playing Little League Baseball, uh, if someone came in with their cleats high when they slide, uh, that was considered not sportsmanlike uh, to come in with your cleats high to the person applying the tag. So, but this is football, so it could, in Division One football, so it could be totally different. Uh, but it would seem as though Jermaine Burton uses both cleats to shove Danico slaughter off of him uh cleating him with both cleats okay rustin moment of truth what's a penalty how many of those were called penalties
1: none of them were probably four of them five thousand dollars right there (laughs) well i shouldn't say four probably three of them should have been two Uh, the the third image honestly his hands are inside his shoulders I used to teach offensive linemen to do that, so I don't think that's a hold. Um, when you keep your hands inside your shoulders, it is what it is. It's your job to get him off of you. Um, you know. But the fourth one, yeah, it's a face mask, but it's in the middle of the trash. It'd be hard for a ref to see that. And, I understand that. Um, you know, And his hand probably slipped off that mask pretty fast after that happened, so it, it would be hard for a ref to see that. The first one, honestly, in my opinion, isn't a hold. It's illegal hands to the face. It should have been a 15-yarder. Um, you know, that right there, like, that is that is textbook illegal hands to the face. Um, that should have been a 15-yarder. Um, the pass interference on Squirrel absolutely should have been called. And then Jermaine Burton should have had a 15-yard unsportsmanlike for kicking somebody like a little child laying on the ground. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that, that was just garbage, but Tyler, Tyler gave you the answer on the, on the illegal fair catch in the comments. There's only one problem though. Okay. So Tyler said the, the rule per the NCAA rule book, an invalid fair catch is up to the official's judgment regarding hand motions. As a result, once an invalid fair catch signal is made, the ball is dead where it's touched. Okay. There's one problem they didn't call it an invalid fair catch. They called it a fair catch and put the ball on the four. So if if you're going to say it's an invalid fair catch, fine. Toss the flag, call it, say it's an invalid fair catch. But that's not what they said. Um, so it's, you know, they, they blew it all the way around. It was not, nothing about it was right. So here's why I would say, and once again, once
0: again, I said before we started this segment, the referees cannot make up 27 unanswered points. That's on Tennessee. However, here's why two of these plays were actually very, very critically mismanaged by the officials. So, this play right here was the touchdown pass to start the second half when this should be a 15 yard penalty, just like you said illegal hands to the face. Uh, That's a 15 yard penalty. And so, instead of a touchdown, now it was first and 25 from the 35 yard line. Cause I think this was on, this was snapped on the 50. And so first and 25 with zero points on tallying on the board from this play instead of a touchdown and they get seven out of this. Um, that's a big deal. Like that, that's a big deal. Uh, talk about a momentum killer and a drive instead of first and 10, you score it's first and 25 like they may not make a first down after that. That's seven points that never make it on the board right there. So that's a big play. No one can say this didn't impact the outcome of the game because it did. And one score is a big deal. Instead of being a two score game at the end, it's a one score game. We're trying to go down and tie the game instead of trying to get two scores at the end. I mean, that's a, that's a big deal. But then personally, I feel like This was also a very critical play because that should have been 15 yard unsportsmanlike conduct on Jermaine Burton, which would have been assessed on the kickoff. So, wait a second. Instead of, and their kicker had been kicking the ball about one to two yards deep in the end zone the whole game, which I really wish they had let D bring out one time. But instead of that ball landing in the end zone, Now that ball is landing on somewhere between the 10 to 15 yard line and D has a whole field to return it to. So the most electric return man in the game actually gets a chance to return one. Who knows what he does with it. If he gets out to midfield, all of a sudden, that's way different. That's a way different situation. So, I mean, really, so they get, they end up getting a, you know, the ball in 25 yard line after the kickoff if he gets out to the 40 or 50, even that's a 15 to 25 yard difference right there. in that one, that one play. So those two certainly impacted the outcome of the game. No one objectively can say that they can't, that they did not impact the outcome. They did. They 100% did. Um, Inches matter. If you don't believe me, I invite you to go back to the 2012 South Mm. or 2013 South Carolina game. When Marquez North made the fingertip catch down the sideline and everybody was saying inches matter in football, (laughs) um, inches matter. And that those two, those two plays, they impacted the outcome of the game. I mean, I'm trying to be as objective as I can, but they did. And they were egregiously missed. Like you said, the face mask in the middle of the pile—nobody can see that. That's understandable. The cameraman saw it, but but no one. But I get people not being able to see it because the hand probably came off quickly. I get that. But the the hands to the face on Tyler Barron wrapped around his neck. That's literally right. Stand, the official standing right in front of that. Yeah, he's got it looking see. right at it. Um, that one should have been called. That's seven points off the board right there. That one right there. Every official is looking at jermaine burton as he's shoving him off the ground everybody saw that that should be called Uh, i invite people to remember the fact that uh daryl taylor got a 15 yard unsportsmanlike penalty for just barely dropping uh bryce young i think it was bryce young at the time uh just barely even touching him dropping him he got 15 yard penalty jermaine burton double cleats somebody (laughs) and nothing's called Whoo. So that's my take. Uh, that's my take. Let's, let's go back to the comments. So I know we're going to be a little bit behind here, but I'm going to, I'm going to go through as much as I can here. Uh, um, Mr. Jones said, where was Joe Milton from the first half in the second half? Well, they took the ball out of his hand is what they did. Uh, all of a sudden, instead of throwing quick slants and stuff like that, we'd start throwing more bubble screens, that kind of thing. Um, that that's what happened there. <coughs> well,
1: um, the other thing that happened is we don't have brew McCoy. And, and this is a, this is and a Davis un- came in at right tackle that too. But, um, which was weird. I was surprised by that. I'm, I'm curious where Jeremiah Crawford was, but yeah, me too. Um, we are badly missing a go-to receiver. Yep. Um, Ramel Keaton is proving by the week that he's a secondary option. Squirrel white is a complimentary receiver. He's not a go-to and you know we badly need I don't know if you noticed in the second half they rolled um Caleb Webb in there quite a bit in Bruce spot because they're trying to create some kind of a big target um and it just we we badly need somebody to step up and become the guy because right now we've got a lot of complimentary pieces and nobody who's an alpha I hear you on that one
0: um Aftermath, Chris said lining up on fourth and inches and shotgun with a six foot five, 135 <clears> pound quarterback is one of the stupidest plays in the game. It was. It was dumb.
1: <laughs> and I almost made me wonder what we were afraid of. Like, I mean, there's only one reason you don't go quarterback sneak right there, and it's we don't think we can move them. I mean, that that's really what yeah. it comes down to. Um, you know, I would have loved to I would have loved to have heard what Cooper Mays was saying as they were lining up because, you know, he's a competitor and I bet he was going just get him underneath me and let's go. Um, you know, so it, it was a terrible call. I mean, there's no other, there's no other thing to say about it. It was a terrible call. Um, you know, and hope he learned from it.
0: Uh, Kelly said the lost things, but we have come a long way in a short time. No doubt about it. You're exactly right. Night and day. The fact that we're sitting here talking about we should have beat Alabama is totally different from just two years ago. So uh, you're exactly right. Good perspective, Kelly. Good perspective. Um, Let's see. Uh, Kelly said, you know, Coach Heupel got Saban. He still got some growing to do. Uh, Yeah. I mean, we got out coached in the second half. There is no no arguing that. Um, that's that's what happened. Um let's see, Ricky said you put your six foot five quarterback under center with Castles pushing from behind. I like aggressiveness, just bad play call. Um uh, I understand that at least do that, right? If you're gonna go for it, at least do that. Yep. Actually put uh bring Omari Thomas in and Elijah Simmons in
1: and let them just roll.
0: Yeah. I mean, they let them know what they were going to do anyway. They brought everybody into within the tackle
1: box. That was the other thing. Like you said, that was the thing that just blew my mind was why did we go bunch package? Why did we bring everybody into the tackle box? If we were going to run a zone read or some kind of an inside midline, you know, option type play, why not get as wide as humanly possible and see if they'll spread out with you and try and create some natural gaps. And if they don't spread out with you, then call out and change the play. But why in the world bring everybody in the box and then try to get at, get six inches from five yards deep. Like it just makes zero sense.
0: Yeah. So, so Mr. Jones said this, he said, Joe Milton also had negative 33 sack <clears throat> yards. Here, here's my take on this thing though. So unlike in yep. the NFL, sack yards count negatively against your rushing yards. And Joe was still our, like our leading rusher, I think. Yes, our he second was, nine yards. Yeah. Um only one of those was Joe's fault in my opinion. When he was back, it was the the, the deepest one. When he was back pulling a back pedal and trying to get away from, him, he should have just gotten rid of the ball at some point. Yeah. Um but the rest of them, I mean, getting hit from his blind side, I I can't put that on him. Oh, that was horrible
1: by John Campbell. That was John Campbell's worst rep as a Tennessee ball. period. Like, you go back and watch that. John Campbell got bum-rushed, and instead of finding some way to get a body on that dude, he just let him bounce off of him and run right past him. Um, That was horrendous. That was 100% on John Campbell.
0: Yeah. Uh, Oreo Puppy Dog said, I don't mind losing, and Coach was trying to win, but I don't like getting it taken away either. I never complain about refs, but you can't hold every play and without any penalties. So, yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, Hey, Tony, we appreciate that. Tony said, I like y'all show better than the other YouTubers. Y'all let us voice our opinions, even if you disagree. (laughs) I appreciate that. Um, Thank you very much. We we try to be a a place for everybody. (laughs) So I appreciate that very, very much. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Oh, when we were talking about people betting on their own teams, Mr. Jones mentioned Alabama baseball. They actually did that exact, their head coach did that exact thing. (laughs) And he's right. They sure did.
1: Former head coach. (laughs) He no longer is employed. Um, That's true. Yes. Uh, Tyler
0: said, I don't care if you're sisters of the poor or the university of Tennessee, I do not understand lining up in the shotgun on a fourth and a yard or less. It will never make sense to me. Nope. Um, I think that is totally, totally fair. Um, Whoa. I did not know this. Uh, Tony, uh, thank you for saying this. Tony said, Brent Hub said tonight, the fair catch call was on an up back, which was T lander for just pointing up at the ball. Terrible call. Very interesting. I did not know that. I'm gonna have to go back and watch the play now.
1: Either um, way, either way. That's not what they called. They didn't call in invalid fair catch. They called fair catch. Okay. Right. Well, yeah, that's what he's saying. So even if they,
0: even if it was on, if T Lander motioned for it, they still should have got the ball to 25.
1: No, there, he's saying T Lander was the invalid fair catch, but it's again, they, they just butchered the whole thing. They, they blew every, every bit of it.
0: So Mr. Jones said Joe had zero runs in
1: the third quarter. Oh, but Mr. I- Jones, I was waiting for Evan to get to this one. You're gonna have to do your homework. So let's go over the third quarter because Joe actually played pretty stinking well in the third quarter. Everybody well, else, like, just, everybody else well, just sucked out loud.
0: I'm I'm curious how many plays Tennessee actually ran in the third quarter on
1: offense. Let me let me unpack them for you. So we got the ball at the 14 13 mark in the third quarter. We ran Jalen Wright three times for a total of eight yards and then had to punt. Okay. All of those were designed runs. They were not zone reads. Joe did not have the option to keep the ball. Then we got the ball back at the 833 mark on play one. Joe takes a three yard sack on play two. Joe runs the ball 16 yards for a first down. So that was a design run. It was a, it was a sprint draw. So sorry, Mr. Jones got to do your homework. Um, then after the first down on the first play from scrimmage, um, we tried to go deep to Caleb Webb, Kool-Aid McKinstry, broke it up on play two. We completed a ball to Dylan Sampson for one yard. And then on play three on third and nine, we hit Ramel Keaton for an eight yard gain, but he got tackled short of the sticks. And then we had the infamous fourth and inches that we were just discussing. Then we got the ball back again with three and a half minutes left. And on the first play, we tried to run squirrel white, didn't work. On the second play, we tried to throw up to squirrel white and only completed it for one yard on the, uh, there was a penalty. And so then, um, we tried to run Jalen, Wright. He got a four yard gain. Then we threw a 14-yard completion to uh, Jacob Warren, but then we had to punt because of the penalty. We we were still short of the first down. So actually, in the third quarter, Joe's about the only person who did play well. Um, Everybody else was terrible around him, including the offensive line, who might have been the worst of all.
0: So essentially two sacks and a 16-yard run. In the third quarter and, for Joe. And as for his rushing numbers. Yeah. And for completions. Yeah. Um, so I think I remember that third. I think I remember that run. And he was going towards the left on the screen. <laughs> I don't I don't know which end which that's like a north or south end zone at Bryant Denny, but it was a sprint um,
1: draw. It was a sprint draw. It was well designed. We got two safeties. They split the field. Joe just took off right up the middle of the field.
0: You know, on the left side of the line, I think, is that is that if I'm remembering correctly. Um uh, God Guns and Ammo said, Hey, welcome, to God Guns and Ammo. Glad you're with us. He said, All these Bama fans talking smack, same ones crying last year, cracks me up. Uh, they're saying the same thing about us too. I had a guy on Facebook last night talking to me about that very thing. Hey, Tony, we appreciate it, man. He said, I've been pushing y'all's channel on Vall Nation. You are the man. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. That is wonderful. Thank <clears> you. <throat> you. Um Oreo puppy dog. Good point. He said our punter again, twice had nothing but grass in front of him. He's the third fastest guy we have. According to Mike Eckler, you are correct. He is the third fastest dude. One of the fastest people on the team. He said, I'll never understand that. Third best arm and one of the fastest guys is what we've been told. Let's see it. (laughs) Uh, let's see him actually use it for once. I agree. Totally. Especially in the last punt of the game. My goodness. No joke. He could have run for 20 yards. I'm not exaggerating. Um,
1: I wouldn't be surprised. We like if we, I wouldn't be surprised if we see it Saturday. They get good field position. Kentucky likes to drop in coverage a lot. Set up, set up punt returns. That's the easiest time to run it right at them. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see him take off.
0: Uh, Mr. Jones said Bama had one penalty for five yards. Yeah, sounds believable. Bama averages ten penalties a game. He is exactly correct. Yep, you are exactly right, Mr. Jones. They're one of the most penalized teams in the SEC. And they had one called against them yesterday. You're exactly correct. And it was pre-snap. <laughs> it didn't even yeah. it wasn't even part of a play. Yeah. Um god guns and Amos said no, they can't make up that many points, but the red zone got us. I agree. Mm-hmm. Well, puppy dog said I disagree. A ref can take all the momentum from any team. Well, on that on that face mask that or hands to the face that should have been called that, that was I mean, that was a huge momentum swing. A huge momentum swing that made it 20 to 14 instead of keeping it 20 to seven. That was a big time momentum swing. You're right. Um, Let's see. Brennan said he agrees, but momentum is a real thing. Agreed. Totally. Um, Let's see. We puppy dogs of Baron being held cost of seven points alone. Hold and a face mask. Mr. Jones is right. So <laughs> he's right. He said, hold and a face mask on one place. So, the left hand on the back of the collar was a hold. You're right. And the hand around the face <laughs> was another yeah. penalty. You're exactly right. A hold and an illegal hands to the face on the same play, neither of which were called. There was another play. I tweeted this out during the game. There was another play. Tyler Barron, you could see it from the from the camera's perspective. He busted through the middle of the line. He got held. And then before, right before he could sack Milrow, the center shoved him in the back to make sure he didn't get the sack Milrow. So he got held by the center, got through that. You can see his jersey being pulled and tugged away and then got shoved in the back all in the same place. So a holding call and a block in the back call against the same guy in the same play, neither of which were called. Unbelievable. Um, Aftermath, Chris said, Bama outplayed us, no doubt. But the refs uh, tied our hands. We couldn't even touch a receiver without a flag. But McKinstry can hold Webb's arm down to the side the whole run without a flag. Very valid point. You're exactly right. I agree. Um, I will say
1: this though, <clears throat> Caleb Webb. <laughs> Caleb Webb. Um, Caleb Webb outweighs Kool Aid McKinstry by about thirty pounds. So yeah, he's getting his arm held down. But that dude needs to be a man and jack him off. Like he he's got to get him off of him. And and what that means is when you're when you're running and the dude's holding you, it's called a jack. You take your arm and you rip down through and get his hand off and and it it will it will eliminate him or make it obvious that he's holding you and and he just he just runs with him. He just lets him he just lets him manhandle him all the way up the sideline. And, and he's gotta, he's gotta be more physical. And that's, that's why they put him in the second half. They were trying to get him to be physical because they're missing brew McCoy. And, and he just, he's just running with him. He's not, he's not using his physicality or his body size at all. I had hoped Dante Thornton would move out there and become that guy, but good night. He can't catch a cold. So, you know, he's, he's not even an option at this point.
0: Yep. Evan Myrick said, coming, welcome, Evan. Good to have you with us, buddy. He said, uh, coming from a Bama fan, Burton's a thug. <laughs> his track record against Tennessee the last two years has not been stellar. I'll put it that way. His, he punched his a girl in record. the face after the game last year, and then he double-cleated Danico Slaughter yesterday.
1: His track record in everything has never been good. That's why he's not at Georgia anymore. He he can't stay out of trouble. Uh same guy that i was talking about on facebook last
0: night he told me he goes trust me man coming from a bama fan we want burton to calm down <laughs> uh he said he he could get called every single game for something unnecessary roughness. yeah i was like well uh tony makes a good point so Rustin and i and our dad actually texted this very thing during the game they called defensive holding on judy lawley and gave bet which was on third and ten by the way that was a huge huge call in the game Um they called that and i mean you could
1: see it pulled on his jersey a little bit it was but min- they didn't
0: call anything of what yeah. we just showed on the screen
1: it was minuscule compared to the amount of contact that was happening in that in that whole game like the fact that they picked that to throw a flag on was just mind boggling there there were so many other things that were so much worse
0: even so even at the near the end of the game uh Jermaine Burton catches a ball going out of bounds and he's bobbling it as he goes out of bounds and they called it a completion, and they stopped the clock. When we went out of bounds, they kept the clock running under two minutes, by the way, so it should have stopped, but they didn't. Um, Jermaine Burton catches one going out of bounds, bobbling it. They call it a completion, and they stop the clock. (laughs) You can't make this stuff up, man. You can't make it up. Uh, Dester, welcome, Dester. Good to have you with us, But He said, SEC rest make up the rules as they go. Really sad. Yep, Absolutely seems that way, doesn't it?
1: It's Um, what's sad is it's not like we're sitting here complaining about it. But again, go watch any other SEC game on Saturday. They're just bad. Like it doesn't matter what crew it is. It doesn't matter what game it is. They cannot do anything well. It's it's unbelievable. The Arkansas-Mississippi State game was an absolute dumpster fire. But the refs didn't help things like they were just as bad as the players were.
0: And John, hey, welcome, John. Good to have you, buddy. He makes a good point. He said, start of the second half momentum shift was wild. I could feel it in my living room watching it. I totally agree. 100% agree. And unfortunately, that was aided by the no call of the illegal hands to the face and the hold on Tyler Barron in the same play where the dude had him wrapped literally around his neck in a choke hold almost. Um, the clothesline, no call. And that helped that momentum swing. It sure did. I totally agree. James, welcome, James. Unfortunately, you're mistaken, buddy. Um, James said, typical Tennessee, blame the officiating for Bama kicking their butts. LOL. See, James, I hate that for you, big guy. Um, I wish you had been here right before you made that comment, uh, on the air twice already. I actually three, maybe three three or four times, I said that uh, officials cannot make up 27 unanswered points. And I gave credit to Alabama for coming out and smacking us in the mouth in the second half. So Uh, appreciate you watching. Thank you very much. You are welcome here anytime. Uh, however, Mm. your comment is exactly what I said (laughs) right before we started. I said, just so people don't say this. And then you said it anyway. So I'm guessing you didn't, you, you must've joined us late. Um, so welcome. I'm glad you're with us. That is fantastic. We've had Bama fans. We've had Georgia fans on here. Uh, Missouri. Missouri, Yeah. So, Hey,
1: kudos to Mississippi state. We said yeah. four and eight. It's probably going to be five and seven. So we stand yep. corrected. You you are one game better, one upset of a bad team better than we originally thought. Congratulations.
0: Yep. And Sam, we have correctly predicted every single game of theirs until yesterday. <laughs> um, and so Sam Pittman is now squarely on the hot seat. Uh, Brennan, good to have you, Brennan. Welcome to I'm glad you're here, man. Uh, he said, what do y'all think about the under two minutes out of bounds in the first half of the clock? And I said, like, oh, that's what I, yeah, I'm glad you said that. I just talked about that. Sorry, I didn't see your comment before. Uh, you're right. They said that uh, the, the official was, man, he didn't even hesitate. He was saying, nope, keep winding that clock immediately, even yeah. though he's going out of bounds. And I'm like, he's, they said he, you know, they stopped his forward progress in bounds, whatever. I don't, I don't buy it.
1: Um, well, irregardless, what you just said matters. and And I think this was important, you know, there are tons of coaches up in that box whose sole job is to watch the spot, watch the referees, give everybody on the sidelines awareness of what's being called. And and that happened on the opposite sideline. So Josh Heupel and everybody on that sideline can't really see the other sideline well. So they didn't see the ref wind the clock. And, you know, somebody in that booth should have been screaming because the ref did do it immediately. He didn't call him out of bounds. He immediately waved that it was going to keep rolling. Somebody in the box should have been screaming in that headset. Hey, it's in, it's in. We're we're live. Call timeout. Absolutely, so that is one hundred percent on the on the coaches in the press box and no one else.
0: Uh, let's see here, JL. Welcome, buddy. Good to have you with us. He greeted James. That's very nice. Um, welcome, James. We are glad you're with us. Absolutely, the Ball Bros is a place for everyone. <laughs> uh, let's see. John said, yeah, "Oh, thank you, John. Thank you, John." Thank you. I'm so glad you said this because I'd forgotten to say it. He said, also on one of the fourth down plays, it was actually third down when they missed the spot so bad. They said, if you're going to review that play for the spot of the ball, it literally was inches, not a full yard off the line again. The rest have to be better. So here's my thing. I'm so glad you said this, John. And when they reviewed it, I was like, what in the world just happened? They moved the ball back almost a whole yard. And when you watch the replay, assuming that yellow line is accurate, which it really is a whole lot of the time. When Joe's left elbow hits the ground, the ball is on the line. And then he went forward and crossed over it. But all you have to be is on the line to gain. (laughs) So I'm so glad you mentioned this, John, because you're exactly right. When Joe's left elbow hit the ground, the ball's in his right hand. The ball was on the line to gain. And then they spotted it behind the line again. And I'm like, what in the world? They had a review of it and made it worse. (laughs) I was like, are you kidding me? I mean, you can't, you can't make this stuff up. Yeah. It's unreal, unreal, unreal. And and to say that that didn't have an impact on the game. uh, You better believe it had an impact on the game. Unbelievable. Because we'll end up losing the ball on fourth down. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, and we weren't even close on that fourth down play. Weren't even close. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jerry, great question. Jerry, welcome buddy. Good to have you. He said, why the drastic change in play calling in the second half? That's a good question. Uh, because it was different. No doubt about it. Um, we, you know, I wish uh, I I agree with Mr. Jones. I wish there had been some more design quarterback draws because they were giving that to us all day long. Um, but we started running way more bubble screens. We get, we went away from quick slants. So I guess maybe we felt like what they were seeing from the box is that they were, you know, taking that away from us. So we went different. Um, I don't know. That's a great question.
1: I think it was a byproduct of not being able to run the ball. Uh, I think we yeah. we were trying to find ways to create things in space because we weren't getting anything inside the tackle box other than you know. Some draws, um, but okay, so I just saw the next one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Oreo Puppy Dog said, I was coaching one time and had the terrible ref trying to throw the game. I called time and told three players to blatantly hit the ref, they couldn't prove it, and the game was called fair afterwards. (laughs) <clears throat> oh man that's great um okay so just uh just as a, a a cover our own tail move the volbros do not endorse uh poor treatment of any officials uh anywhere in the in the world <laughs> um let's see andrew welcome andrew good to have you with us buddy he said what i understand is t lander called the fair catch not the person catches it catching it which makes the ball dead at the catch if that's correct and the rule the rule needs to change yeah it, yeah, no doubt. Um, I don't know how that becomes an invalid fair catch. It should be whoever catches the ball should have to call the fair catch. But um, I get they're trying to protect you know players from decoying other people and that kind of stuff. But that's just part of the game, in my opinion. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah, Mr. Jones is saying they had no answer for Joe's legs. Uh, and like I said, the coaches took it took it away from him a little bit. There, we we should have had more in the second half. I agree. The ones that we did have were beneficial. They helped. um Like Rustin was talking about earlier, we had a 16 yarder, some others. um Yeah. uh Kelly said, "How about having a Sports Talk Jay as a guest? Super good guy. Would love to hear y'all talking ball." um I think I know who that is. I think. Probably. But I think I
1: he's talking about Jay Greason. You
0: talking about Jay Greason? Kelly, you let us know in the comments. Um, there's another guy on. He's a, there's a YouTuber who I think that might be who he's talking about.
1: Oh, um, but maybe I can't so. remember that
0: gentleman's name.
1: Don't know that um,
0: guy. Uh, Ricky said, I think it's because they don't trust Joe to make good decisions. That might be the change reason for the change in play calling. Um, maybe. I mean we've we've seen evidence, somewhat evidence of that in previous games but whatever they're you know whatever they had scripted the first quarter it was working uh <laughs> that was I working
1: i don't know it's so much they don't trust joe i think it's they have no idea who they can throw the ball to right now um you know they they are going to have to reinvent themselves a little bit i was a little i was a little disappointed at how little the tight ends were involved in the passing game. Like, we got to get Jacob Warren and McAllen Castles the ball more. They, they, that's the only guys we have that can be big physical targets who can open up the offense. Hey, McAllen um, Castle's
0: had a phenomenal game yesterday. He played yeah. really, really well.
1: You know, Ramel Keaton is a, is a play action, go make a play guy, but he's not a primary target. Squirrel White, he's electric and he can do a lot of good things, but he's a complimentary receiver. He's not a primary target. And, you know, we need we need McAllen Castles and Jacob Warren to become guys who can go run 10 yards, turn around, catch a ball and get a first down um, because Chaz oh. Nimrod and Caleb Webb have proven they're not ready.
0: So I'm so glad that McAllen Castles got that touchdown catch. I tweeted this out during the game or xed it out. I don't even know what to say anymore. It's weird. Uh, Z-ed. Yeah, there you go. We'll do that. Um, so I did this out during. <laughs> That's the dumbest thing. <laughs> <laughs> I tweeted this out during the game. I'm so glad that McAllen got that touchdown catch and they went to him, which by the way, was a beautiful ball from Joe with people in his face. Um, yep. I mean, it was that was beautiful. Um, but prior on that drive, everybody do yourself a favor, go back and watch that drive and midfield McAllen castles opens a hole bigger than my house for Joe. <laughs> I mean, there was, a, it was a design quarterback run and man, he just, annihilates uh, this dude on the edge and opens this gaping hole for Joe. It was amazing. Uh, you got to go watch that hit. So I, I was so glad when he got that, that touchdown because he deserved it after, after his efforts previously on the drive. Uh, Mr. Jones said number one offense to in the league. I, there's no way we're worse than Mississippi state. There's no way. Or, they, Arkansas, or Vanderbilt. Or Arkansas, yeah. Um, like Mississippi State and Arkansas was a seven to three game yesterday. We outscored both of them combined in the first half. Uh first maybe quarter. in the first quarter. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no way we're worse than them. There's no way. Um, Andrew, welcome, Andrew. Good to have you with us. I think I think this is Andrew's second comment I put on the screen. He said the team went not dialed in and started the second half. You're exactly right. Hey, Amen. That's the difference in the game. Uh it, even and this is what blew my mind. Elijah Herring after the game in the post game mentioned that yeah. he said that they were complacent and they, and they just, they took, they got complacent. And I'm like, that shows where we need to grow as a team. I mean, <laughs> like you can't be, you're in Bryant Denny stadium, potentially playing for an sec championship game berth, which technically is still possible, but almost impossible now. Um, in order for that to happen, we would have to beat missouri missouri and us would have to beat georgia i don't think florida is going to beat georgia but if florida did that would work too in one other team and somebody no florida's already lost twice florida has Florida lost two conference games no they haven't they've only lost to kentucky yeah so georgia georgia has to beat florida us and missouri have to beat georgia and
1: we have to beat Missouri.
0: We have to beat Missouri. We have to beat everybody. Like we can't lose. We have to beat everybody. So if that happens, we're in the sec championship game. So,
1: and, and to that comment, you know, we talked about this Thursday night, kudos to the Alabama offensive line, you know, in the first half, they didn't play very well. Um, coming into the game, they were probably the biggest question mark on Alabama's roster. People weren't really understanding why they weren't performing at the level that they were expecting them to, and the second half, they played extremely well. And our defensive line was non-existent. I mean, they completely eliminated our defensive line. There were so many times. And this is probably one, one of the few things I got a little frustrated with. We clearly in the second half could not get to the quarterback with four. Like, it wasn't we, we weren't yep. even getting remotely close. And we refused to send that extra guy. Like, we, we were just bound and determined that we were not going to send that extra guy. And, you know, we just let Jalen Milrose stand back there and pick us apart. And that was a little frustrating.
0: Uh, let's see. Uh, Mr. Jones said the strip fumble scooping score was a backbreaker. I totally yep. agree. 100%. And, and once again, uh, that, that's a difference from last year to this year. Because last year they didn't have a, you know, a sack fumble. They just, we just dropped the handoff and they picked it up and went in and scored. And last year after the game on our reaction show, we mentioned that. We talked about that. We said the difference between the team we saw last year and every team we had seen for the previous 15 years was when Alabama got that scoop and score last year off the botched handoff, previous teams would have folded. And they've been like, "Ah." but last year from Hendon's leadership, the coaching staff's leadership, they were like, all right, well, we'll go score again. And they went right back down the field. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that was, that's a difference from last year, this year, no doubt. Um, Jerry said best show so far. Hey, I appreciate that Jerry very much. Welcome buddy. Rags and fitness. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I will not be putting your comment on the screen because I can't even say those words. So, um, uh, at nine 33, he made that comment, uh, which was 25 minutes ago, so I'm a little behind. Um, but <laughs> but we appreciate you joining us. Uh we just won't have anything to do with RTR on our show. And I kind of even feel bad that I said the initials. Um, let's see. Uh he said go vols. That's what Rags and Fitness said. That's that's what he meant to say there. Or she, I don't know. Rags and fitness might be a lady. Uh, if so, you're welcome to you as well. Um, let's see, god guns and ammo. I think if Joe can dial it in like he did the first half of the rest of the games left on the schedule, will be a hard team to do it. No doubt. I mean, man, we're going to kick Kentucky's tail this weekend, so uh, that'll be fun to watch. Um, no, no doubt. Uh, Zach said Joe played his tail off. No one should be saying anything bad about him. I get it. Uh, he was not uh,
1: the only one. He, yep. he did not have a whole lot of help.
0: Yep uh let's see Doug, welcome Doug. good to have you buddy he said hey Rustin evan what adjustments did bama's offense make that helped them move the ball better against us
1: i think it was what i was just saying their offensive line in the second half answered the bell i mean we yeah, we sure had did. zero pressure and and even running the ball it wasn't just passing the ball like they were opening up some huge holes and our defensive line i mean it we have a really good defensive line don't misunderstand what i'm saying our defensive line does a good job but they got absolutely manhandled in the second half. Like they were not engaged at all. They were getting beat on every down. It was bad. Like first not, of the half showed that. They are they are not gonna want to be in a film room with Rodney Garner this week because he no, they are not. He ain't gonna <laughs> be happy.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh Kevin, welcome. Kevin, good to have you, buddy. He said play calling was a massive difference in the second half, but the rest are absolutely atrocious in the second half from the blatant headlock on the first touchdown of the half to multiple PIs in the end zone. It was clear they wanted Bam to win. People had, people had so much money on UT last night, Vegas made the call. <laughs> that was pretty good, I like that. Uh, let's see. Okay, Tony, good call, Tony. So everybody listen to what Tony had to say. He said that we should go back and watch Rocky Top Rewind tonight. That is Volquest's, uh Sunday night podcast that they do each week. Um, Grant Hubs talks about the fair catch. Yeah, everybody should go watch that after the Volbros, for sure. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, Tony asked the same question tonight on Volquest about Jackson Ross having the okay to run it if open. They said he doesn't have, so thank you, Tony. We appreciate this. This answers our question. So Tony asked the VolQuest guys tonight on their on their show, and they told him that they do not have the, he does not have the green light to run it coach has to call which, it.
1: which makes total sense because the dudes literally never played football before this year like he has no idea what's going on out there um they're teaching him football as he goes he's a rugby player that's learning how to play football and and even he on the preseason interview he even said when he got here he had no idea what any of the rules were so you know it, that's not a guy you're going to give the green light to take off whenever he feels like it <laughs> um Mr.
0: Jones, uh, uh, so yeah, you're. I, I thought about that. I might have to clip part of the show out there. <laughs> uh, oh, did I, was,
1: I used the wrong phrase, didn't I? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Well, <laughs> it's I right. used the coaching phrase. All right, so so just understand. Sometimes in coaching, there's phrases that are used. That might not be, <laughs> might not be PG, but it's it's the phrase that's used, and it is what it is. So. <laughs>
0: Uh, the only 10 you see said, I've been listening the whole time. Welcome. Man. We're glad you're here. She's great. Uh, she said the rest were unfair the first half as well, but we were overcoming it with play calling and effort halftime adjustments, play calling cost us that game. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. Um, I was, I was okay. If I'm being honest, I was actually surprised that they didn't overturn squirrels catch in the yeah. touchdown. Like it was 100% a catch. They were trying,
1: the, they looked at it forever. They were trying yeah, to find as soon as it possible.
0: went to re- yeah. As soon as it went to a review, I was like, oh man. <laughs> so I was really, I was really ha- surprised and happy that they didn't overturn it because it was 100% a catch. Even Gary Danielson was saying that on the, which, which, okay. My favorite Gary call of the night was, um, uh, oh, I on, I got to plug my, my laptop in, which I have my power cord tonight. I have it. I got to plug it in. My favorite, my favorite Gary call of the night was when he called D Williams squirrel white. <laughs> they don't even wear the same number.
1: <laughs> My favorite was when he kept calling Kamal Haddon Kamala Harris. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Number one, true. she's the vice president of America. Number two, <laughs> she's a she like, yeah. how are we messing this up? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But well, that cracked me
0: up. They're showing D Williams on screen. He's like, well, squirrel white back there. <laughs> <I'm> like, Nope. <laughs> not oh, even, man, that not even the same
1: number. Like, I could understand if it was an offense and defensive guy wearing the same number, but they don't even wear the same number.
0: Yep, exactly. Uh Rebecca, she said, how can we get the rest to held to a higher standard? Oh, Rebecca, that amen, sister. That is the that is the million-dollar question. Probably billion-dollar question, honestly. Um, she said, I'm not just talking about this game, it's across the board. You're right. It is across the board. Yeah. Uh there was a game last night. Oh, who was it? It was uh uh Washington and Arizona State, I think it was. And there was a play dude's jersey you could see it's like being pulled the whole no call and i'm like whoa i mean like yeah i mean it was it was bad uh charlie welcome charlie good to have you buddy he said uh this one this one is my pet peeve yeah this was ridiculous so what charlie's referring to if, if you're listening to the audio version of this uh charlie said you know you can't clap too loud don't clap too loud well what he's referring to is in the first half elijah herring got called for defensive delay of game because he was clapping, trying to get his teammates' attention. And they said he was trying to deceive the offense by clapping, which many, you know, many offenses now don't, you know, they instead of a verbal a cue to snap the ball, they clap, which is the cue to snap the ball. And he was trying to, uh, the official said that by him clapping, he was trying to deceive the offense.
1: I don't know about that, which was really stupid because the offense wasn't even in formation yet. They were still getting their play call and, you know, number one, this rule is based on, this is the old snap count rule, you know, that, you know, when, when a team's calling a cadence, you can't be on the other side of the ball calling a cadence. Okay. But the dumbest thing the NCAA ever did was when teams started going to clap snaps telling defensive players they can't clap like that's the stupidest thing ever how in the world when you're in the fray when you're in the middle of bullets flying all over the place you're not thinking about hey I can't clap and I need to get that dude's attention over there you're doing anything and especially it's crazy loud in there you're doing anything you can to try to get that guy's attention and you know he wasn't even looking at the offense when he was doing it which is even dumber Like it, it is easily the dumbest rule in the playbook and they should throw that garbage out and stop letting refs make judgment calls on stupid things that they shouldn't even be paying attention to. Like it, the only person who should be able to call a snap infraction is the up back who's directly behind the defensive line who can hear if a linebacker or a defensive lineman starts trying to call a cadence. That's the only person that should be able to throw that flag. Some random side judge who sees a linebacker clapping should never have the authority to do that. It's just stupid.
0: Agreed. Totally. Um, Rebecca says she just wants to see the game's called fairly. She says, not right. Totally agree. Uh, Totally agree. Mr. Jones said Burton could have been (laughs) called for aggravated assault last year. Yeah, for hitting a a fan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, The only 10 you see, uh, she said, on those fourth down calls, we were trying to keep Alabama's offense off the field. You're exactly right, and unfortunately, they limited the playbook. They they um they narrowed down the vast majority of plays that the formations we had into bunch formations and just telegraphed what we were doing. Unfortunately, uh, JL makes a fantastic point. JL, this is an extremely good point. He said the officials were hot garbage and certainly affected the momentum, but we crumbled under the pressure. You are exactly right, JL. You're exactly right. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. <laughs> Tony, Tony's right. Uh, Tony said Bama fans have been blaming the refs for the past year well, since we won last year. Pot calling the kettle black. That's exactly right. <laughs> I had Bama fans tell talking to me last night about last year's game and the officials last year, still saying that that Prince Prince Princeton fan, pass interference wasn't really pass interference. And I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> Unreal. Um. Uh, let's see. Uh, JL said, you know, the fact that Alabama led the league in penalties per game and had 15 against Texas last year, it wasn't a ref problem. It was a them problem. Yeah, that's right. Um, oh, Ricky, dadgummit. (laughs) Uh, Ricky. So Ricky just saw this tweet. I saw it yesterday. Scenario one, Nico is good. You do great for the remainder of 2023. That will not happen. That won't happen. Sorry. It's not going to happen. And again, it gets him experience. Scenario two, Nico struggles. You know, I've game film to show transfer quarterbacks during the offseason to make sure you're set in 2024 either way. Scenario three, you play Joe and go into 2024 blind. Okay, here's my here's my problem with this tweet. Um, thank you, Ricky, for sharing it. Um here's here's my problem with this tweet if Nico struggles, we're banking our future on the guy. Like uh, like that's, that's uh, we're, we're stockpiling five-star quarterbacks, getting them years of, of experience under their belt before they're the guy. That's what we're doing the way it should be done. That's what we're doing. And they're not going into 2024 blind. Nico's taken tons of reps in practice uh, he'll be the guy all offseason. They're not going into the season blind. So I saw that tweet yesterday too. Um what's that dude for on three? JD Pickle. Is that his name? Something like that? I don't remember his name. Um he's a blonde headed guy. Somebody can let me know in the comments. Um he he had a, a thing about this very thing today. He was talking about how it is not time for Nico yet. Uh Tennessee can still go 10 and 2. Tennessee can still make a potentially a New Year six bowl game. I don't think it'll happen. I think Ole Miss might beat us out for a spot in a New Year six bowl game. Um, but I don't know. Lane, lane can be lane late in the season. That's true. Um, so Tennessee can still finish second, at least second in the East. Tennessee can still win the East. Like that is still a possibility. So it is not Nico time yet, in my opinion.
1: I would say my response to this and the very next comment are one and the same. The next one says they need to start working Nathan Leacock in. He's a burner. Okay. Yeah, he may be. But here's the thing. Josh Eipel gets paid to win. He doesn't get paid to play the older guys. He doesn't get paid to make decisions based on who he likes more than somebody else. He gets paid to win and everywhere he's been there is no greater competitor on the field than Josh Heupel. That that dude shows up to compete. He wants I to win that. at all costs. Okay. The fact that this coaching staff determined before the season started that Nathan Leacock was going to redshirt and the fact that Nico has played sparingly should be all anyone needs to know about whether or not those guys should ever get a chance in the game this year. This coaching staff, their entire livelihood rests on wins and losses, so they're going to put the 11 guys out there that they know are going to give them the best chance to win, and they're basing that on watching every day in practice and knowing exactly what guys can do versus what they can't do, and honestly, that was one of the reasons that Chaz Nimrod didn't play in the second half. He's proven that he can't be physical on a tough de- tough defensive back. So they gave Caleb Webb a shot. Unfortunately, he proved he's every bit as non-physical as Chaz Nimrod is. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if we see a little bit of um, Jacob Warren in that position this upcoming week. Because they've got to find guys that are going to go out there and play at a level capable of helping them win. And they're not building for the future. They're winning right now. They could not care less about the future. They care about what is happening today because all of their contracts are based on wins and losses right now.
0: Yeah. The, the idea of just calling it, phoning it in the rest of the season, just to try to prepare for next year. Listen, the, the we're losing like 18 seniors. If if the time is to win is now, it is now. It is not next year. Uh we gotta win now. Our our entire defensive secondary almost is gonna be gone next year. <laughs> like we 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 have to win now. Uh there's no doubt about that. Uh Brent, I just saw a comment from Brent on Twitter. Brent, thanks for watching, man. We appreciate you sharing it too. Uh you'll have to he said the kicker was trying to take some off to keep it away from D. Brent, tell me which one you're talking about, if you don't mind, buddy, on Twitter. I'm I got you on here now. Uh, let's see, big Val daddy's with us. <laughs> hey, big ball daddy. Hope your surgery went well, man. Uh, he said, so is it time to fire Hypo yet? Just kidding. Uh, that's a good one. Yep. Uh, that's a good one. Um, the only 10 you see said so there were a couple times receivers and tight ends were open and Milton didn't see him. That may be just hesitant. Yeah. There was one for sure. I can think of that. Uh, I think it was Caleb Webb. Uh, he ran a go route down the left sideline. Um, Joe threw an in route instead of looking at him. And he was, he was, Five steps past Kool Aid McKinstry because Kool Aid was watching Joe and saw where Joe's eyes went and um yeah he was wide Caleb was wide open he might be still be running if they throw the ball um I agree uh the only thing you see is that I'm actually proud of how he handled a hostile environment against a more talented roster uh I totally agree like, that, like that's a good point like Bama's supposed to win the game they they are far and away by stars they have more talent. Vegas uh, the had them by that, what
1: nine ten points.
0: Yeah. And the fact that we should have one is is very complimentary to our coaching staff. Um, she said Alabama better enjoy this win as much as they can because their time's slipping away. Um, you know that I agree that the way they came out and handled the first quarter was incredible. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. Uh, let's see, Tony, appreciate you, Tony. He said, please keep the show just you two. Don't invite other YouTubers on your shows better. We appreciate that, man. Um, oh, Benjamin, great question. Great question. But welcome, Benjamin. Good to have you with us, bud. He said, has anyone been more disappointing this season than Dante Thornton?
1: He's teetering on JJ mm. Peterson status. <laughs> That's the best comment of the night so far. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's fantastic. When he ran that seam route and Joe hit him square in the numbers, like could not possibly have put it on him better. And he dropped it and he killed the whole drive. Like it put us behind the sticks wide open, put it right on him. And he dropped it. I like at that point I was done. I'm like this dude, he needs to spend an offseason in Kelsey Pope's office. Relearning how to play the position, he might be a physical freak, but he's got a ten cent head. Like they have got to get his mind right because he right now he is completely well, useless.
0: Well, that that drop he had in the first court, which by the way, did he even get back on the field after that drop? Nope. I don't know if he did. Um, That drop, it was very clear. He saw that dude out of the corner of his eye coming at him, and he was and. It took his attention away from the ball, no doubt about but, but it.
1: But that's but that's mental. That's a problem. Yeah. You're you're running a you're running a seam route. There's gonna be defenders around you. You gotta catch yep. the freaking ball, especially yep. when he hits you square in the numbers with it. I mean, it was yep. the easiest catch of his life.
0: Brew would have caught it.
1: Anyone uh, would have caught it. Yeah. Like it wouldn't have mattered. McAllen Castles, Jacob Warren, it wouldn't matter who was running the route. They all would have caught it.
0: JL said it was nowhere near as loud, loud as Nealon. Totally believe it. Totally believe it. Um, <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> Andrew said Eagles just scored on a tush push. Hope Hypel was watching. <laughs> Love it. That's great. Uh, Oreo Puppy Doc said I'm so glad Keaton came alive in this game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, John. Uh, so thanks john for equating us all with 21 year old college students uh that is super impressive of you um i i I don't know if john i don't know if you're a fan of parks and rec the television show parks and recreation there is a line from ron swanson uh in the show where he says i don't want to paint with a broad brush here but every general contractor in America is a bumbling idiot. (laughs) Uh, You know, somewhat of a stereotypical uh, take on contractors by Ron, which Ron is hilarious, but that, you know, that's the point of that comment is it's so, you know, wrong. You don't stereotype everybody in America like that. Uh, So thanks, John, uh, for stereotyping our entire fan base. Uh, That's awesome. We appreciate you so much uh thanks for watching the Volbros um you're, you're helping our, our analytics right now so we appreciate that uh you're welcome here anytime john uh maybe next time we could have you know maybe a more well let's have a discussion comment. on gun
1: control and basketball yeah. players that can be next episode
0: yeah there you go that that's a good one absolutely um jl said the announcers were practically cheering for Bama uh, let's see Eric welcome Eric good to have you buddy. he said what's up all Bros right, good we're, we're doing well man we're doing well um oh big Val Daddy said totally agree about the stupid clapping rule might as well tell defenders you can't look at the ball before as your cue to go <laughs> that's a good point mm-hmm. absolutely uh so Mr Jones this is a good question that's a good question he said is Hypo wanting to red shirt Nico no I do not think that was the plan going into this season. I think Hypo knows he's got Nico for three years. That's it. And so I think he wanted to get Nico in as many games as possible this year. But the way it's played out, I mean, he's going to get in against UConn. You got to imagine he'll get in against Vandy. If that's the case, I think that's only four games. So in, yeah. in theory, he could red shirt if he wanted to. Uh, let's see. Hey, Big Vault Danny, we appreciate that. He says he's been telling people about us ever since he came across us. I appreciate that, man, so much. That's awesome. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Mr. Jones. He said, We lost the Joe minimum. <laughs> uh, ooh, yes. Randy, we mentioned this earlier. Randy, good to have you, buddy. Uh, he said, Elijah Simmons, fullback, those fourth and short, send him through the hole. Amen, buddy. Amen. Or at I least line him up and let him push him
1: behind. So when Elijah Simmons was in high school, they actually had a package for him to do that. So I wonder if Randy saw that and that's what he's referring to. Elijah Simmons has carried the ball before.
0: I mean, put him back there. At least let him shove him. I mean, dude's huge. Dude's huge. Uh they said, yeah, it's, it's JD Pickle. Yeah, good. I'm glad. I'm glad I got that right. Um Tony said you're correct about Nico. His time will come. Uh uh let's see mr jones i think is quoting the uh what was it sandlot was that the movie i can't remember mm-hmm. um jl said it takes a couple years to learn and run hypes offense look at the jump hinting made in year two that's right so next year when it's joe's year he will be in year two absolutely um All right, so I'm going to skip a couple of the comments down a little bit because we Ray haven't even got to our second one yet. Uh, Big Valdetti, resting, spitting facts. Appreciate that, uh, Mr. Jones. Our offense will be drastically better next year.
1: Maybe. Uh, I, I think it. <laughs> I think it depends on. I think it depends on how many offensive linemen decide to stay and use their COVID years. I think it depends on how exactly many running right. backs decide not to enter the draft. Um yep. You know
0: well Jabari's gone right I mean I guess he does have a sixth year
1: left he could come yeah, back. yeah he he could use a COVID year
0: um so they could all come back
1: Jalen Wright uh, I'm sure will test the waters and see what the draft draft status looks like and make a decision off of that well um, mel has
0: gone this is Rommel's last year yeah um offensive line uh, I don't know man I I it's hope possible, it's, okay next year. it's
1: possible the only lineman we lose is javante spragans we we could have four out yeah. of five back
0: so that was a little rat buckwheat i knew it was buckwheat i couldn't remember what movie he was from there you go i got a dollar i got a dollar there you go uh let's see ricky uh, ricky. <laughs> ricky said john gruden was with
1: the head ref last night looking at homes <laughs> good point so uh, i was I was texting this to, uh, to Evan and my father last night. I don't, I, I honestly, I genuinely don't understand this. You know, the, the head official of that crew last night is a realtor in Tuscaloosa. That's a proven thing. Like everybody there knows it. Georgia complained about it last year. Cause he called the, the Georgia Alabama sec championship. And they're like, why is a guy who literally lives in Tuscaloosa and makes his living off of residents of tuscaloosa yeah calling an sec championship like that is insane yeah. and why on earth is the sec okay with that like it's yep it's mind-blowing
0: absolutely uh so on twitter we've had a couple comments come in and i'm going to come back to these and then we're going to go to our second question of the night <laughs> i knew this would be a long show uh which is I, cool with me um vol night long uh, on Twitter said when was the last time UT faked a field goal or punt that's a, a great question I do not even remember the last time yeah it's been a while we didn't do it last year so that would at minimum have to be 2021 and I don't think we did it then either yeah I don't know. And he said he said dude is supposedly a freak athlete Jackson Ross and you're right that's what we've been told now, I've been waiting for right. it this year too
1: I'm I'm betting we see it Saturday. Kentucky's a tough place to play, especially at night. It's gonna be freezing cold. Um, that's the kind of thing you can use for a momentum swing when you're starting to get a little complacent and stuck in the cold. So Pumpkin Head C one <laughs> three seven. Quite the name.
0: Yeah, that's a good name. Uh he said I think our punter he has to have the green light to take off. And so that's a great question. Uh someone was watching the Vol Quest uh, podcast this evening and asked them that question and they said that he actually doesn't. The coach has to call it, which is unfortunate because last night the last punt he would have gotten a first down if he had yeah. taken off. I like I I will I will go to my grave one day thinking if he had taken off on that play he would have gotten a first down. Uh, Big VolDaddy is Rustin a coach. Uh, he seems very very up on all things football related and Vol's football related.
1: So I, was, I coached for 16 years. I was an offensive coordinator for 11, um, coached about every position on the field, was blessed with a, um, quite a few players that ended up playing after high school. Um, and um, at one point, I ran a school in Knoxville, and a lot of the Tennessee support staff and assistant coaches um, had their kids in my school. Um, as a result, I learned a lot of things that I probably should not have known, but, um, they knew I wouldn't go post it on Twitter and wanted to basically vent with someone. Um, so (laughs) I learned a lot of things. I probably, at times I even looked at them and said, I don't think you should be telling me this right now. Um, but, um, learned, learned a lot of things about the internal workings at UT and, um, you know, was just fortunate to be in the right place at the right time quite quite a few times uh let's see here what else
0: we got um uh mr jones that's a good point i mean it's, it's a good point he said heupel's never finished outside top 10 offensive ranking nationally until this year that's fair uh and he also said we got to play four quarters not two totally agree um yep. benjamin said thanks guys love the show hey appreciate you benjamin thanks for joining us man um, uh, big Val Daddy said, Thornton cowed away from getting hit. Yeah, he's right. Yep. Uh, let's see. He does that a lot. Steven. Welcome, Steven. Good to have you with us, buddy. Uh, he said, first time listener and join the show. I'll hang up. <laughs> oh, that's the first time that's ever been said on the Volbros. I love that. That's That's the first night. That's awesome, man. Uh, Bobby, welcome, Bobby. Good to have you. He said, just found you guys love the show so far. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Um, Jordan, welcome Jordan. Great to have you. He said, seems like Alabama made great second half adjustments and we didn't 100% spot on. Uh, you're exactly right. All right. The only 10 UCs already got her plan for next year and I'm liking her (laughs) plan. She said transfer portal for offensive linemen.
1: Amen. Yeah. We got to get depth there.
0: We have to, we, yes, we have to um she said we have samson Selden, and others running backs mike matthews will be here next year that's true he will um as long if we do the first thing you said if we yeah. do that
1: yeah it doesn't matter how good your skill guys are if you can't keep the quarterback off the ground
0: uh ricky made a good point he said jabari will be back because he has a chance to be the all-time leading rusher in Tennessee yeah. history uh, and he amazing won't, what he six won't years get. can do for you isn't it
1: yeah. And he won't get a good draft grade. So it, no, it makes won't. complete sense for him to come back.
0: Yeah, I agree. Totally. Uh, I, I agree with Ricky too. I mean, that, that's, that's gotta be an appealing thing, uh, to be that person. Uh, let's see. Uh, big ball daddy said, Jimmy times, uh, said that, uh, the realtor in Tuscaloosa wasn't actually a realtor. Um, so that's first I've heard of that. that's that's good. I mean yeah. I hope, surely Georgia. But.
1: If that's true, I'm surprised because Georgia lost their mind about that last year for the SEC championship.
0: Uh let's see. Uh all right, I'm gonna skip on down. Uh Zach, hey man, we're just glad you're here. Uh hey, here's the new pr- uh Becky. Welcome, Becky. Good to have you with us. Uh, Let's see. I've been listening to your podcast for a while. This is the first time I've caught the live stream. Love your show. Keep up the great work. Hey, thank you so much. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, Let's see. Oreo Puppy Dog said, hopefully when we play Georgia, we pull all the stops and let a rugby player take off.
1: Amen, brother. Absolutely. That'd be a good one. That'd be a good one to use him in too.
0: Let's see. Zach said, we still have a shot at the SC's championship. You're exactly right. We do. And I'm almost caught up to the end of the comments. Look at this. This is awesome. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Vols punter, give me the green light. I'm ready to go right now. He can run left or right. Rolled up inside because he's ambidextrous. I'll tell you what,
1: it's still... I'm never going to get used to that every time he rolls to his left after going to his right to punt. I'm like, what is he doing? It, it just, I'm, I'm never going to get used to that. It is so bizarre. And you can tell he's really starting to, I
0: mean, like the first game, it seemed like maybe he was kind of nervous or had some jitters or whatever. He's totally comfortable now because he's kicking it really well with both feet. Yeah. He's, he's kicking it really well with with both feet. All right. So we're caught up on comments. So let's go to our second question of the night. (laughs) Uh, who was, let's
1: see, Rustin, who was, well, what was your play of the game for the evening? Well, we've never said the play of the game has to be a Tennessee play. Um, so my play of the game was the scoop and score. I thought it was a complete dagger. Um, I felt like our entire, I mean, you could see our whole team deflate after it happened. Um, so I think, you know, unfortunately the play of the game wasn't ours. And y'all let us know in the comments who your play of the game was. Uh, Steven, I'm gonna use his comment
0: to lead in. Uh, well, that's actually, I'll have to use his comment to lead into the next question. But uh, he said, Joe shows flash was a tough running and we totally shelved that option. A big quarterback who can run is such a threat to a defense. Totally agree. Um, let's see, the head referee is a Florida grad, if I'm not mistaken, he was also the ref at the Florida game. Yikes, well, that's not good if that's the case. Um, that's not good. So my play of the game was actually, and I, I was, I think I was just shocked that it happened. If I had to go with play of the game, as far as incredible performance, it would be squirrel whites, touchdown catch. Cause that was an incredible catch. Yeah. Uh, fingertip catch diving gets drags his toes. I mean, my goodness, what a play. Um, but if I had to go with what I thought was the best play of the whole game, it was sending Gabe, Judy, Lolly on a corner blitz on a yeah. hail mary. Who does that? Like, what in the world? What in the world? That was that was by far and away uh, my favorite play of the game because that was like you, you think about Steve Spurrier in the mid nineties. In an interview one time, he was like, "You pass the ball when they think you're going to run it. You run the ball when they think you're going to pass it." <laughs> like he's like, "That's the whole office." <laughs> And no one, no one, no one ever thinks you're going to send a corner blitz on a Hail Mary because all your DBs are supposed to be in the end zone to bat the ball down. They ran it from the blind side, which was genius. He never saw it coming until about a millisecond before Gabe Judy Wally hit him. Uh, I mean, that was, that was, I was so pumped up going into halftime. Yeah, that, play. that was a great call. I mean, I was like he wow, was, coaching them like crazy. And then he was everything.
1: he was a half second away from causing a fumble, and that could have easily been a scoop and score because they never saw him come.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um hey Ricky, you're the man. Ricky did the research for us. He said the last time we did a fake field goal was against Missouri in 2014 for a touchdown. So that would have been Butch Jones era was the yeah. last time we did a fake that would have been. It,
1: that would have been Mike Bajakian.
0: It does not surprise me that Pruitt never ran a, a fake. It doesn't surprise me at all. Um, thank you, Ricky, so much. We appreciate that. Uh, let's see. We have some uh, – let's see. Big Valdaddy said – oh, Big Valdaddy, it's a good one. Uh, he said, I actually think the play of the game was a 40-yard run in the opening play of the second half. Totally yeah. swung everything. In the it was momentum. a tone uh I mean the way that man that their deep their offensive line just opened up massive hole for that dude. Yeah. I mean that was I think I think that's a great great choice because that totally I mean that that set the tone for the rest of the game. Uh I agree with you, Rustin, there about being a tone setter. Um pork runs, welcome pork runs. Uh I like pork rinds, I think they taste great. I haven't had them in a long time. Um, but he said, stop with the excuses, people Alabama whipped us, had nothing to do with penalties.
1: So before you go any further, only 10 U C has been telling him all along that we already covered this, um, on no less than four occasions. Now we've made the statement that we absolutely got beat up by 27 in the second half and has nothing to do with excuses or officiating or anything else. We got our butts kicked and that's why she's telling you, we already covered this. And that's why she's saying you clearly weren't here at the beginning because we we covered that ad nauseum.
0: Yeah. But we're glad you're here now. So welcome. Uh, you know, <laughs> welcome. I'm glad you're with us. Uh, big ball daddy said that play in the start of the second half it was the beginning yeah. of the end. Yeah. I, it was. He's right. He's exactly right. Um, Mr. Jones said we're only two on the road. Yep. And that's not good because we got a couple places coming up that are not going to be easy to play at like Missouri in November and Missouri's playing well, it's not going to be an easy game. Um, uh, let's see.
1: Doo, 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 doo. Steven said the play of the game was whatever saban said to his team at halftime. That definitely was not PG. Um, so yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they came out extremely motivated. So I, whatever he did, he lost it in there and they responded well.
0: Uh, let's see here. Um, Oreo puppy dog said my my favorite play was Keaton finally catching the ball. Stood up and uh, dropped deer stew. <laughs> was that the deer your daughter shot? Was that... <laughs> that'd Definitely. be cool if that was. That would be really cool. Um, Definitely. That'd be really cool. But uh yeah, when he made the when when he went up and high pointed that ball down the right sideline, I was pumped up on that catch because that's the Ramel Keaton we're used to seeing. Yeah, that's the player we're used to seeing right there. Um Mr. Jones said the play of the game was the touchdown before the half.
1: I'm McCallan totally drawing. McAllen-Castles.
0: To oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful ball by Joe. Um
1: good he, play call. He... They read cover zero. <laughs> they knew they were gonna get McAllen Castles on the linebacker. They intentionally sent Dylan <laughs> Sampson out on a flare just to make sure. That they got McCawlin Castles on a linebacker. It was a perfect play design. That that pass wasn't going to anybody but McCawlin Castles. A really and, good call.
0: Hey, kudos to Joe because he threw it before he was even out of his break. Really, I mean, Joe yep. knew where he was going to be. He had pressure in his face, and he put it right where McCallan was supposed to be. And kudos to McCawlin for being at that spot. Um, it was just, it was beautiful all the way around. Absolutely. Uh, Pork Rinds, <laughs> hey, absolutely, man. This place for by. We appreciate you. So glad to be here. Thanks for having me. You're welcome here anytime, man. Uh, let's see. Uh, Big Ball Daddy said, I've been doing Vols YouTube for 14 years, guys. Uh, That is true. Big Ball Daddy, I mean, I, I said this a couple weeks ago. He's a, I mean, I mean this, he's a visionary. He started, he started YouTube in 2009. Well before it became as popular as it is now. Uh, he had, he was a visionary for his, for 2009 to start his channel about Tennessee sports then. So I told, tip of the hat to you, man. Uh, we'd be honored to be guests anytime you want us just uh, let us know how to join that kind of stuff. Um, Or if you just want to send the comments, we can do that too. Uh, Mr. Jones said play of the game was the first half play in general, how they played. Absolutely. Second half was Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Absolutely. Um, Let's see Alabama's uh, program said Alabama second half team. They put, They can't put four quarters together. They stomp everybody in the second half, except Arkansas. They didn't play well against Arkansas in the second half. But everybody else, that's true. Um, uh, Let's see. Uh, The only 10 you see said she likes Stevens play the game about what Saban said at halftime. Uh, B Jammin. Welcome, B Jammin. Uh, Good to have you with us. So Bama fan here, y'all. Bama has been either been either a first half or second half team this whole year. If this year's Bama team would play a complete four quarter game, then they would be totally dangerous.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, In the preseason, I actually said that about them. If you go back and watch our preseason preview, I actually picked Alabama to win the SEC. I I thought that they had the deepest roster, the most talent. Um, You know, I, I think they're they they have a complete roster. For whatever reason, they can't seem to put it all together for four quarters. But if they do, they're going to be very tough to beat.
0: And Big Ball Daddy just told us how to join. This sounds good, buddy. Uh, let's see, <laughs> Mister Jones. Mister Jones said and Hooker played the first half dressed as Joe. <laughs> um, Hennon can't defense. throw the ball that hard. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, Terry, welcome, Terry. Good to see you, buddy. Uh, he said, I thought LSU played Georgia and sec championship game last year. Yeah. They I, did. Years That's ago. True. That's
1: I meant true. two years ago.
0: Uh, pork rind said, uh, they are very good. Uh, Alabama. They sure are. Uh, yes, so are. our last question of the game, the last of the game of the night, let's uh, see, it's 10 30. I'm starting to lose my mind a little bit, I guess. Mm. Uh, player of the game you want to go first you want me to
1: yeah i thought joe played extremely well um i don't i didn't really think much of anybody else did um it was disappointing um you know our our running backs got bottled up honestly i felt like they kind of gave up on the run game a little bit um but some of that was a byproduct of the offensive line just wasn't moving people um, you know, we had to resort to spreading things out, running a lot of sprint draw running a lot of, um, you know, just variations of different quarterback draws, quarterback runs to, to try to create space. Cause we couldn't get them. We couldn't get them out of the box. We, we were just running into a brick wall. So
0: I almost said, Hey, Mr.
1: Jones, will you put my
0: player of the game in the comments? Will you say his name in the comments for me? Um it's your favorite player <laughs> see this is what I love about this is that we have people on here so routinely now that uh, you know <laughs> we know we know each other you know virtually through through this now and I, I love that so mr. Jones has my player of the game I'm sure it's coming in the comments uh, my player of the game just like Rustin was mr. Joe Milton listen, he had 330 all purpose yards. I mean, come on. And part of that, Mr. Jones mentioned earlier, he had, uh, 33, uh, yards, negative yards from sacks. Okay. That means that he had what, what he finished with like 59 rushing yards. Is that right? Yeah.
1: 59.
0: Okay. So that means 59 plus 33. If you add those 33 back in there and take away the sacks and don't count that, that means all total okay quick math 59 plus 30 would be 89 92 92 yards rushing dude almost had a 100 yards rushing for the game if you don't count the sacks against him i mean come on like yep yeah. he's the player 200 and i think 75 or something yards 271 yards passing 59 yards rushing for a total of 330 all purpose yards i mean come on he's the player of the game um the only 10 EC said, I wonder if Alabama sticks a Milroe next year or looks for a quarterback in the portal. Just thinking out loud. It's a great question. It's a really I think good he's question. Won,
1: I think he's won the job. I think he's solidified it. He's, he's calmed down and done a really good job. I mean, my goodness in the second half, I mean, he was, he was 14 of 21 for two twenty and two touchdowns. And you know, he did his job. He's, he's become a good game manager and he's really starting to figure out how to, how to run his team. Uh, he's, I think he's doing a good job.
0: Uh, Brock, welcome buddy. He said, Tennessee fans, great game. It's always a good one. Absolutely. It's a historic rivalry. The third Saturday in October that, I mean, the game literally has a day named after, it. uh, it's just, I'm glad that the rivalry is back to where it should be. I'll put it that way. Uh, this is the premier. I know, I know, I know Georgia, Florida, people are like, no, it's Georgia, Florida, you know, some Auburn folks and some Bama folks are like Auburn, Alabama, that kind of thing. No, the historically premier game in the SEC for the last over 100 years. Well, that, that longer than SEC has been around. The SEC was formed because of this game for over a hundred years, total that what's been played now, uh, it's Tennessee, Alabama. That's been the historic rivalry in the sport. That's why when it went to divisions, they were in separate divisions and they were the permanent crossover because that's the game that the whole SEC was literally formed around. Yeah. Um, Big Ball Daddy said, everyone have a great night. Enjoy it again, fellas. See you Tuesday night, maybe if you choose. Go Vols. uh, It's kitty cap trapping time in Tennessee. That is exactly right. Uh, good to have you with us, Big Ball Daddy. Or y'all dogs said, so can we beat Missouri? Mm, good question.
1: I think it'll be, I think it'll be a, uh, I think it'll be a high scoring game. I think it'll be a shootout. Um, but I think Josh Heupel's proven over the years he's had Eli Drinkwitz's number. Like, yeah, they they just can't ever seem to figure us out. And if you watch, it's not through the air. Like we've killed them on the ground the last couple of years. So you know, I I think it'll be a shootout. But I think we absolutely can.
0: Yeah. Um, I tell you what, Missouri's defensive line is really, really good. They're really good. Mm-hmm. And so our offensive line will have to play like they did the first half yesterday and the whole game against Texas A&M. I don't know what that stuff was in the second half. Um, they weren't terrible in the second half, but they definitely weren't good, uh, mm-hmm. as good as they were in the first half. John so- Campbell
1: was, John Campbell was pretty bad. Like when you watch it back, yeah. John Campbell has a lot of missed assignments. It was it was hands down his worst game as of all.
0: So, in order for us to beat Missouri, our offensive line is going to have to play better than they did in the second half yesterday. I like Stevens' player of the game. He said his player of the game, Squirrel. So on Thursday night, I actually almost picked Squirrel to be my predicted player of the game because uh, I mean we saw how high it got so open from the slot last year, and as soon as that I started thinking I was like, I mean. Squirrel can get that open as well, and we saw that in the first quarter. They were throwing it to him almost every play, it seemed like. So, you know, I hate that, I hate that they went away from that, really, in the second half. I can only think of a, a two or three targets to him in the second half off the top of my head. Uh, Mr. Jones said, let's win out and get a rematch with Bama, possibly. Absolutely. It is actually still possible. It can happen. It's we take just a lot. have to make sure. It, it'll take a lot, but Missouri has to beat Georgia. Like, that's the bottom line. Georgia has to beat Florida. Missouri has to beat Georgia. And we have to beat everybody. That's the bottom If that happens, then we're in. But that's that's tough, tough thing. Um, Brock said, as a Bama fan, Milro will be the quarterback next year. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, the only 10 you see said, I'm going to be real, Mr. Jones. I can't see Georgia losing two games. I can pray for it, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Last year at Missouri, Missouri should have beat Georgia last year in, in their home field. They were winning late in the game. Georgia finally took a lead with like just a few minutes left. Um, so could it happen? Maybe. But they got to go to Athens this year, which makes it tough. Um, another option is f- Florida beats Georgia, and then somebody else beats Florida. Florida still has to play LSU. That game has not happened yet, so they still got to play LSU. So that is another route. If Florida beats Georgia and we beat Georgia, and LSU beats Florida, then we're in the We're in the game again at that point. Um. Uh, Tony makes a good point. He says, "Without Brew, I think Squirrel had a really good game." The other team knows he's their go-to guy. Uh, yeah, I mean that's fair. That's yeah. a good point. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: It's also a problem. Like he can be a go-to guy, but he's not going to be a, <clears throat> he's not going to be a possession receiver and we need a possession receiver in a bad way.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's, that's what Brew was. I mean, like he, he need a third down catch. You know where it's going, you know? Big ball said Even if we went out, we would still need help. That's right. It's not happening this year. Let's just enjoy a near six bowl again and thump an ACC opponent again. That's probably actually exactly what'll happen. In all honesty, that's probably what's going to end up happening. Um, let's see, Eric said, if Joe plays the first half this Saturday night against Kentucky, like he did in the Bama game, Kentucky will get blowed out by Tennessee, take it to the bank, and they won't be able to come back in the second half like Bama did. Um, I think I, I agree. I think Kentucky's bigger issue this week is going to keep Tennessee's defensive line off of O'Leary. Yeah. I think that's going to be their bigger <clears throat> issue this week um because O'Leary is not super mobile um <laughs> Tennessee is going to be all over him uh that's going to be what's going to be fun to watch this weekend uh let's see Brock thank you buddy He said this was the 106 meeting between Alabama and Tennessee thank you so you're exactly right thank you um let's see Missouri, uh, Missouri's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brock said Missouri's pretty good this year with Cook as quarterback. I uh, agree. Uh, the only ten you see agreed as well. Um, Brock, we appreciate that man. See, this is the kind of stuff that we like. You can you can compliment a team. Uh, I totally agree. Squirrel made a lot of great plays. I always give credit where credit is due, even though I hate Tennessee. <laughs> I respect that man. I respect it. You, you know. Real recognizes real, even though you know there's that rivalry mentality. I get it. i let hey, that's that's cool. I'm all about that. Um, oh, you're right. The only ten you see, she she said relying on Florida is the absolute worst. <laughs> Absolutely, you're exactly right. Yes, you're exactly right. Um, Brock, I'd love that man. He said I think Tennessee finishes ten and two. I'd love that. I hope it happens. Uh, He said Georgia doesn't have Brock Bowers anymore, and Brock's the key to their offense. He's right. He's exactly right. It's going to be real
1: interesting to see how they do against Florida this weekend without him. This will be the first time they've really had to play a decent defense without him. Um,
0: Oh, 100%. B. Jamin said, y'all should have the same mindset as Bama fans. Our mindset is just keep winning. It ain't got to be pretty. Just win and let the cards fall. Uh, That's exactly right. I mean, that's what that's why, you know, when we talk about an 8-game or a 9-game SEC schedule, you want an 8-game schedule because why make another like take a F-FB or FCS opponent, take four of them, that's four wins. The the record at the end of the year, they don't they don't care the playoff committee don't care who the wins are against. They just want to see wins. I mean, that's all they care about. So, if you're winning, you're in the playoff. It's really that simple. Um, Mr. Jones said, you can't spell sucks without UK or SC Kentucky or Keaton had his best game yet that 100% this year. It was Rommel's best game. Yeah. Uh, Tony said about this Saturday against Kentucky, we have to stop Ray Davis and pressure Leary. That's exactly right. And I think that can happen. Um, uh, I think based on what we've seen from Tennessee, yeah. I think that can happen for sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, Brock said, "Yeah, LSU is dangerous. We can't get behind like we did against LSU. They're an elite offense. Oh, yeah, 100% agree with you, buddy. 100% agree. Uh, when he's saying Bama plays LSU this year, they can't get down 20 to seven like they did against us because they won't be able to catch up. Uh, yeah, I mean LSU's offense—they're on another level right now. Um, they're averaging 47 point something points a game. I mean they're they're kicking tail offensively." Unfortunately, their defense is also allowing a ton of points, but mm-hmm. um, but their offense is playing really well. Uh, Oriel Pobedak said Tennessee actually has more wins over Alabama than any other team in history. Uh, that is true. Uh, Alabama, as far as SEC win totals, Alabama is number one. Tennessee is number two. That is why it is the most historic rivalry in the SEC. Um, only Tennessee was saying thinking the same thing I was about LSU's defense. Um B Jameson next year will be so much better with 12 team playoffs and no East West SEC going to be exciting. I agree. agree. I totally agree. Yeah. Uh it's gonna be like a whole different ball game. Um, one game can't destroy your season, and people say, Well, that's part of the fun of it. No, it's not. Uh, what if you have a, a vitally important player who's injured for one game and they and they miss a game? Utah. Yeah, Utah, exactly. Um uh, so, I mean, yeah, uh, it's it, one game should not totally ruin a team season. So I totally agree. Uh, totally agree. Um, well, this was a blast. This was absolutely fun. Uh, this was a lot of fun. We appreciate everybody joining us. We hope everybody liked our new segment. Uh, was that a penalty? <laughs> Did you like that intro? Rustin? Did you like that? Sure. Oh, come on, man. That was great. <laughs>
1: I spent like 30 minutes or 40 minutes on that. (laughs) I just, it's like we said Thursday, like I'm like, it's just, it's just part of the sec now. Like you, you just are guaranteed to have horrendous officiating. So like, and, and like I say, it's not a Tennessee Alabama thing. It was every game in the sec every Saturday. Like they're just bad. And, and it, and it's for whatever reason, it's just not getting worse or not getting better. So, you know, I'm I'm just kind of at the point of I, nothing surprises me anymore. They're just going to be yeah. bad.
0: Yeah. The Only 10 you see said, all right, bet is calling. I had this half Alabamian who doesn't claim it's heading out. Love you. Hey, we love you too, The Only 10 you see. Glad you're with us tonight. Uh, Andrew said, Andrew made a good point. Another path for Tennessee to still make the SEC championship game. He said, even if Georgia beats Florida, they could still lose to Ole Miss. Yeah, that's true. But we have to beat them. Like, that's the main thing. We have to be. we cannot lose again. Like, we can't and make it to the SEC championship game. Um, Brock asked, how good would you guys say Bama's defense is? Just asking, you guys are solid on defense as well. Um, well, I think the second half yesterday let, lets us know everything anybody needs to know about Bama's defense. Uh, they were dominant in the second half yesterday. Yeah. Uh, the things that Tennessee wanted to do, Bama took it away. And and this is the I guess the best compliment I could say is you know, Tennessee's leading the, the SEC in rushing. And Bama totally shut down their rushing attack in the second half yesterday.
1: Um, I think I think they're the best defense that we faced, because even though we scored 20 in the first half, it was a tough 20. Like we had to pull out all the stops. We had to run every little thing, you know. We like I said, we showed five different plays in the first half that we haven't shown ever this year. Um, you know, so I think, I think Bama's defense is probably the best we faced.
0: Uh, Eric agrees. He said he thinks that Bama has a good defense, actually better than A&M's Bama stopped Tennessee's run game. A&M couldn't. Yeah. That's a good point. Yep. Um, uh, Matt, welcome Matt. Good to have you, buddy. Uh, he said we have to develop something on short yardage other than shotgun. Totally agree, man. Totally agree. Um, put Joe under center, let Elijah Simmons line up behind him and go after it.
1: Bulldoze. <laughs>
0: uh terry welcome terry or terry's already actually coming i got him earlier he said enjoy the show today uh jace was player of the game mcclellan um i mean that, that the the run in the second half to start the second half that was a tone setter for the rest of the game yeah i would argue that his offensive line really helped him out in that regard as well um but he was running really really well in the second half um B Jam said, I think Bama, Tennessee, and Texas A&M have best defenses in SEC. I think that's exactly correct. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Mr. Jones is still talking about passing. Uh let's see. JL said their defense made uh better adjustments. Yeah, Matt, that's exactly. I mean, do the touch push with Elijah Simmons back there. Dude's crazy. He's a mountain of a man. Like just let him go be a mountain and push people. Um let's see. Oh, hey, we appreciate that. Brock, he said, I'm going to subscribe. Hey, that'd be great, man. Everybody subscribe. It'd be awesome. Uh, that'd be fantastic. So this has been a lot of fun. Um, I just realized I forget to do this. Sometimes I forgot to monetize the video. So I'm going to go do that after we, uh, get off of it so that we can, you know, make potentially make some ad revenue off this thing. So, uh, we appreciate everybody so much for joining us. Uh, Volbros, we're here every Thursday and, and Sunday during football season, and it's about basketball season. Rustin and I were talking about this the other day, texting me. It's almost basketball season, so we're going to be on a, maybe a little bit more periodically for when basketball first exhibitions in nine days. Yep. So it's about that time. We still got we guys we still got football season to finish too. So uh, we're so thankful all of you join us tonight. Uh, we hope you had as much fun as we did, uh, Brock. Appreciate it. See y'all. blessed night. You too, man. Appreciate you. Um, so we hope everybody has a wonderful evening. Uh, Go Vols, and we'll see everybody real
1: soon.